Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Money and Me on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Today, we're speaking with the co-author of Value Investing, Expand Your Circle of Competence. His name is Jonathan Ang. Today, Jonathan, you're going to tell us all about checking the debt of REIT. And we know there's good debt, the kind that increases your wealth, and then bad debt, the kind that does the exact opposite. Uh, why do we need to understand debt when it comes to REITs? You know, when you look at debt, right, it's mm. actually uh, something that's not very complicated. So I would just... No, I want to ask you. So, okay. for example, if you can choose a partner, okay. right? Partner A earns $10 million mm-hmm. and uh, another person, right? A potential partner, partner B earns $100 million. So, Michelle, who would you choose to, you know, kind of want to marry <laughs> this uh, partner? $10 a million or, or $100 million. Yes. Uh, the one who doesn't want me to sign a prenup if they want to marry. <laughs> okay, let's say if there's no prenup. <laughs> uh, yeah, 100 million, Mr. More, more right. Money. It, it's a, it's a no-brainer, yeah. right? 100 million. But what if I tell you... Kind. Right, yeah, what if ahead. I tell you, mm-hmm. um, yeah. right, guy A actually has no debt, okay. but guy B has $1 billion worth of debt. One so billion. who would you choose now? Hold on, I need to backtrack. <laughs> okay, it's Mr. 10 million. Yeah, Mr. 10 million has no debt. Yeah, for but sure. But Mr. 100 million has $1 billion dollars worth of that. Yeah, I know billion means more than million, so I'm yeah. going with uh, Mr. 10 million. Mr. Yeah. No Debt. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, sometimes when we look at REIT, right, it's it's not always about the you, right? People always want to look at the you. So that's the reason why we have to look at debt, right? Which is uh, why today I'm going to introduce this ratio called the gearing ratio. Okay. And uh, so you, you're telling me a low gearing is what we're looking out for. Exactly, right. So I think um, the REIT industry is pretty safe in a sense because uh, our government, MES, has actually uh, come up with a regulation where REITs are not allowed to have a gearing ratio of more than 45%, right? So for those who are listening out there, you know, what, what exactly does 45% mean, right? So let me just... Uh, say out the formula, okay? If you're not a person who knows math, you know, you're bad at math, don't worry, right? I can actually break down this really, really very simply, right? So what is gearing ratio? Gearing ratio is actually uh, total borrowings divided by total assets, right? So you have borrowings, right? All your loans divided by your total assets. Okay, got it. Okay, so if you have a gearing ratio of, let's say, 45%, mm-hmm. what it means is that for every $1 of asset you have in the read, right, you have 45 cents worth of that. So intuitively, right, uh, for every dollar of asset that you have, of course, you want the amount of debt to be as little as possible, right? So oh. that's how we look at gearing ratio. And, you know, although MES has a regulation of, you know, REITs not uh, being able to have a gearing ratio of more than 0.45, which mm-hmm. is 45%, mm-hmm. personally, I want to be more conservative, right? My criteria is actually 35%. If it's below 35%, I think this REIT is okay. Thank you for sharing your criteria. And for those who don't realize it, Jonathan Ang is not just co-author of a great book called Value Investing. He also achieved financial freedom in his 20s. Right. Is it 20-ish? 24? Uh, 24. 24. Yeah, Yeah, he's very bashful about that. Uh, But it's a fact. So thank you very much. Uh, What are some lessons do you think that we can learn from yield accretive acquisitions? 
Right. So I think debt is a uh, two-edged sword, right? It can be good, right? Why Why is debt good? Why when uh, Why is it when a REIT takes up debt is actually good for shareholders, right? Let me just explain this part. Okay, so the only reason why you buy a REIT is because, you know, the REIT is always acquiring more and more properties, right? So when a REIT acquires more properties, it can collect more rental income. Right. Right. When the rental income increases, um, the shareholder, each shareholder of uh, that uh, owns the REIT, right? They'll get more payout over the years, right? So that's the only reason why you want to invest in a REIT because a REIT is able to acquire more properties and from there, increase the payout for each shareholder, right? Because why would you want to buy a REIT that doesn't grow the payout, right? If it doesn't grow, then your money is going to die because of oh, inflation. Oh, maybe you want the value of the stock to go up, right? You want the uh, value of the REIT to go up. Yes, right. You're, you're right as well. But why will the stock price of REITs go up is because the earnings that it can pay out uh, increases. So that's usually the trend that we see. So really, really good REITs, right? Why their share price increase is because they're able to pay out more and more money every single year, right? We have really good uh, REITs that are able to do that, like Parkway Life REIT, right? We have Fraser Center Point Trust. Okay, so Parkway Life REIT is a hospital REIT consisting of uh, many hospital buildings, not mm-hmm. just in Singapore, mm-hmm. right? So I think iconic ones are Glen Eagles, uh, Raffles, then they have uh, quite a bit in Japan. Mm-hmm. And Fraser Center point trust i think um, most of you don't know probably don't know what it is but i think you guys probably have been to their malls before they are uh, malls like causeway point so by taking on that by, by using that a REIT can actually acquire more properties so that is why my criteria is 35 percent for gearing ratio because this allows the REIT to borrow uh, more so that you know when i buy into a REIT, it still has the potential to borrow more money to buy more properties so that my uh, payout Every year, it has the potential to increase, right? It has, it still has the leeway and it's not, you know, restricted by the 45% that's regulated by MAS. Okay, thanks for explaining why debt is not totally bad for a REIT. He's Jonathan Ang, co-author of Value Investing, Expand Your Circle of Competence. Has your REIT's journey been good for you, Jonathan? Yeah, I think REITs are really uh, a really good way to own multiple properties, even from a young age. You know, like when you're if you're 18 years old, yeah. you know, and you're worried you can't own multiple properties, fear not, right? You have REITs. Yeah. Buying a REIT can allow you can expose you to multiple properties. In yeah. fact, can own 10 properties with just 300 dollars. Yeah, tell us on what are some indicators that any investor should look out for to determine if their REITs are not over leveraged. Right. So I think we were talking about uh, the gearing ratio, right? So my personal criteria is still uh, lesser than 35%. Okay. So let, let's just go to something that's, you know, real, right? Rather than just saying, oh, no, gearing ratio lesser than how much. Yeah. But let's look at a case study, which is Ascenders REITs, right? Mm-hmm. So back in uh, 2018, quite pre, I mean, it's pretty recent, right? Ascenders REIT actually acquired 12 logistics uh, property in the UK. And this is fully funded by debt. Right. And because it's fully funded by debt, you know, they were able to get more properties and in turn, these properties give investors of the REIT more income. And in return, this is good for the shareholders because by acquiring 12 new properties and if you acquire it by debt, it will actually increase my payout after the deal. Okay. So you might be wondering, okay, so Jonathan, you know, acquiring properties with debt is one way, right? Mm-hmm. What's another way? You know, let's say if a REIT doesn't have enough if if it's over leveraged you know if it's at uh if the gearing ratio is already at 45 percent what can a REIT do to buy more properties so 
a REIT can actually issue more shares. Right. But that's the thing, right? Issuing more shares will actually dilute existing shareholders, right? So my, my, my take is very clear. I'm fine if a REIT issue rights, I'm fine, as long as the, the dilutive effect is lesser than the growth in my income. To me, as long as, as long as after the dilution is accounted and my distribution per unit, right, distribution per share, or we can call it dividends per share increases, I'm fine. And I feel that this acquisition is um, what we call DPU accretive. DPU, yeah. DPU is a distribution per unit, mm-hmm. or you can infer it as dividends per share. Okay, so yeah. always come back to the DPU. Yes, definitely. And weigh that versus the dilution. Yes. So let's say if a REIT manager decides to acquire a new properties by issuing shares, and at the end of the day, you realize that you know, your dividends per share decreases, then that's a really bad deal. And I feel that if that's a kind of manager that's you know managing your REIT, I would sell away the REIT because I... If the manager doesn't have the interest of the shareholders, right? I don't think he'll have the interest of sh- shareholders in the future as well. So I love managers, you know, have the interest of shareholders okay. a- in the long term. And how can we know, right? How can we know? Very, very easy. Just look at the dividends that's being paid out for the past 10 years. Is it increasing? If it's increasing, right, it's really a clear cut to say that this manager is capable and he knows what he's doing. I wish I could show you just how passionate this young man is about REITs and numbers <laughs> and debt. Uh, debt's one of my favorite topics, actually. And when we talk about debt and REITs, we have to talk about interest rates because we know yes. that that affects, affects yes. your debt, right? Yes. So how are REITs affected by rising interest rates? Okay, so I would say most of the really well-managed REITs, right, they are run by really, really prudent managers, right? If you look at Ascenders, I love talking about Ascenders. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, um, it's backed by numbers, you see, because they have a policy of making sure at least 50% of their loans are on fixed interest rates. So even if interest uh, interest rates rise, right, the, the cost of borrowing, which is the interest that they pay to the bank, will actually be fixed. Right? It will not increase, let's say, if the interest rates increase. Same as Fraser Center Point Trust. Right? Fraser Center Point Trust has 62% of their loans uh, with fixed interest rates. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's the thing that we want to look at. Right? What percentage of the loans are are actually on fixed interest rates. So if it's more than 50%, I think uh, the REIT manager is uh, forward-looking. And in the climate, especially in the climate of uh, rising interest rates, right, it's always good to have at least 50% of your loans on fixed interest rates. Okay. I love this, how precise you are with the numbers that we should be looking out for. Jonathan Ang taking us on our REITs journey to wealth. How, uh, what, how do REITs take up loans when the cash and bank can be less than the loans that they take up? And is this normal? No, another commonly asked question. Right. I think, um, that's really one thing that was that was so hard for me to wrap my head around at the start. You know, how can REITs borrow millions and billions of dollars when they don't have even have the cash, maybe 10% or 20% of the cash in their bank, right? So I think this is a one key criteria on why we actually look at REITs that have fixed interest rates. Okay, let me explain. Mm. Let me explain how REITs actually borrow money first, okay? So the thing is, you know, REITs, they actually have a lot of properties, right? Even though they do, do, they do not have cash, they have a lot of properties. So what they do is they go up to the banks and say, hey, you know, uh, for example, let's say if um, uh, Jonathan REIT, you know, hey, you know, uh, look at my REIT. I have many, many properties and they are easily worth over a billion dollars. Is it okay if I take a loan from you for $100 million 
and I use my property to back the loan, right? So this is what most REIT do. Mm. Okay, so for example, if the loan is a four-year loan, okay, and at the end of four years, right, I'm supposed to repay back the principal, right, which is, let's say, $100 million. But a REIT usually does not have the $100 million in bank, right, because they are obligated to pay out 90% of their earnings to investors, right? Okay, so what they will do now, okay, they do not have cash, what they will do? So what they will do is they will refinance, right? So they'll take up the loan again. So the bank, so how would the bank determine, okay, should I uh, lend him money again? Mm-hmm. Okay, what they'll do is they'll track, okay, has this read been paying me my interest on time for right. the past four years, mm-hmm. right? That is why it's so important that, we're going to talk about uh, another ratio, right, later, okay? Yeah. Okay, that is why it's so important that a REIT is able to pay their interest, right, their finance interest or their interest on loan on time so that they can always roll over their loans every, let's say, three years or four years. Okay, we're on our REIT journey to wealth with Jonathan Ang, co-author of Value Investing. Expand Your Circle of Competence is the book that he co-wrote. Now, we I, we have three minutes left on the clock, no oh. less. Two minute 40 left on the clock. Do you think we have time <laughs> to talk about this other um, profile of a REIT, the debt maturity profile? Yes, uh, for sure. We, we can talk about that. So what is debt mat- maturity profile, right? So, you know, when a REIT uh, borrows money from the bank, Right, it's not just one loan. You have maybe uh, certain loans that is uh, due within two years, certain loans that is due within five years, six years. So what this debt maturity profile does is it consolidates all the loans that is taken up by the REIT and it averages out based on the amounts of the loan taken up and it kind of tells you, okay, for all the loans that I've taken, what is the average number of years uh, these loans are due by? So if my uh, debt maturity profile is four years, it means that in general, all of my loans will be due and up in four years time, right? So for example, Ascenders uh, loans are due in four years, right? Their debt maturity profile is four years. Mm. And, you know, we have Fraser Center Point that is a two and a half year, about two and 2.4 years. So I think generally, if you have a debt maturity profile of more than 2.5 years, it's pretty good, right? Because it means that you're not forced to pay up or you have not forced to renew all your loans in one single year, which can be quite stressful. And you know, if the loan doesn't get successfully refinanced, then the REIT might have some trouble. So it's always good to have all the loans being spread out equally over you know, at least uh, more than 2.5 years. So for ascenders, having a debt maturity profile of four years, I think that's pretty comfortable for an investor. Wow, thanks for explaining so much to us. Uh, the impact of interest rates on, on REITs, uh, what a debt maturity profile, how to see if your REITs is doing well. Thank you so much for joining me, Jonathan. I'm Michelle Martin. You've been listening to Money and Me here on Money FM. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM. 893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.